to go into, let's call it the internal cauldron of my emotions. Welcome to the Internal Cauldron of Emotions, a Nick Cage tribute podcast. I am Erin. And I'm Tammy. We're two besties who love to drink and watch Nick's movies, so we combine our superpowers. Each episode, we pair a themed cocktail with the movie that we are reviewing. So join us as we journey into the internal cauldron of today's movie. Cajun Roulette rolled us between worlds. And so we thought it would be cool to do a layer drink. Because, you know, between worlds. Between worlds. And it turned out that that was as difficult for us as it was for the film. <laughs> um, so, what we came up with instead Mine was looks... called the Hot Mess Express. It was layered. It was layered for a second. Um, it's kind of like a take on the B-52 shot. There's an ounce of Cayman Reef coffee liqueur. An ounce of Irish cream. And an ounce of coconut rum. Mine looks curdled. Yep. <laughs> so did some other things in this movie. So you're probably supposed to mix Cheers. this up a little bit. I, I gave mine a stir, but it I, still looks like nothing happened I gave it a swirl. To um, I think it's going to taste like this movie. Great. Oh, mine's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I can feel... It would feel... be nice chilled. Mm-hmm. Just... It was chilled, but it's already hot <laughs> in Florida. So that didn't last really long. It was chilled to a lovely fridge temperature, mm -hmm. and then it was introduced to the outside. And it was like, because <gasps> it's 80 fucking degrees here. On March the 2nd. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, it's not Cheers as bad as Nick. I thought it was. Yay! <laughs> Unlike this was movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we don't have an entirely terrible drink in hand, Erin, tell me how you've been before we get started. I've been okay. Uh, You know, work's been work, but... I have small things that I have done and done and have upcoming that I'm excited about. Small things that bring you joy. Exactly. <laughs> so I have ordered some okra seeds, some amaranth and nasturtium seeds. I don't know what the last two are. So amaranth is kind of like an ancient green. You can kind of like use Ooh. it sort of like a rice. Wow. And it's actually really pretty too when it grows. And nasturtium, the leaves kind of look like... Uh, dollar weeds almost, but they have a really, really pretty flower, and a lot of people use them as companion planters, or so because okay. they'll draw buggies away from the other crops. Mm. But the, also, it's full of nutrients, and it works great in salads, and uh, <laughs> and uh, um, the flowers are even edible. Oh, nice! So it's packed full of vit uh, vitamins, lots of B vitamins, mm. and other thingies. Um, Generally good for you. So. I think I've truly offended the crows. They haven't been out back in a minute. Oh, no. um, but I've I've filled in my sadness uh, with reading eight books in the month of February. I had no idea. I'm still on the same one. If you guys are interested, it's real good. It's so but good. I'm a slow reader. And I just gave you a book that I recommend: Legends yes. and Lattes. I'm excited for that it's one. So good. I gave it to another Tammy at work for to read, and Tammy she read it in like Tammy two, too. She read it in like two days and came back and said, "Erin, that was the best book I've ever read." So, high praise for Legends and Lattes. Yay. Um, since the last episode, I started and finished Belladonna, which was fun. It's um, a chick who can't die, death's obsessed with her, and then they have to solve a murder mystery. <laughs> and it's set in, like, 1840s. Ooh, Victorian yeah. Scooby-Doo-ness. Yeah, it's really... It, it gave me, like, gothic uh, uh, secret garden at the beginning. 
Ooh, yeah, it was nice. pretty interesting. Um, and I started that time I yeeted a love potion at a werewolf, which is hilarious as it sounds. Mm, okay. Oh, and I also started Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Oh yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tome. It's a oh. huge book. Oh man, it's like six hundred something pages, so it's not the biggest book I have, but. That's what she said. That's what she said. Uh, I went to a book swap with my local book group, and mm. I got some new. I got two other books that are supposed to be pretty spicy. Ooh, uh, nice. Um, that was fun. And then um, I watched all the Jurassic Park movies again before we went to the parks. That is our comfort: <laughs> is parks and dinosaurs and drinks and Nick. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of what I've been doing. Just a, a clearly a lot of reading. And it's just like watching some shows and nothing, nothing important. Just rewatching stuff. Yeah. And um, and that's that's sometimes you can't always be reading or watching new things because there's not really great new things that interest you all the time. Yeah, like I put on the Netflix Iron Chef, thinking I was going to read while that was on, and then I watched the whole thing and I didn't read or look at my phone like at all. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening? I love it because it's got a ton of people from Top Chef in it, plus right. a bunch of like really good chefs that we all know and love." Hmm. So I was like. The whole time was just like, look at this. Oh, look. And I like a zine. Like, <laughs> and that made Ringo happy, too, because he likes he likes OG Iron Chef. But how are you? Um, I'm good. We did get to have some fun at the parks for a recent birthday. Um, and hopefully you guys can check out our post where we are pushing to have Nick added to the Universal Monsters lineup because now he officially is as dracula as the count in the upcoming yeah. renfield so tammy. we definitely did some photo bombing with that tammy found a picture of him and had me print it out and we glued it or taped it to a stick on the way down there and then carried it around to the monster store that's by the born i hope he's ultimatum still, or whatever yeah, the fuck i hope that he's still from. in the carriage because that's I, where we left i him. hope he is we <laughs> stuffed him in the in the dracula's uh <laughs> carriage thing and, uh, yeah, so that was super fun. And, you know, I'm a very slow reader, so I'm still in my same book. It's really great. One, it's really great. What did I say earlier? What um, and done. That's what um, we like. And, uh, <laughs> haven't really, I'm still watching Hunters very slowly. Oh, I did actually read a new book. I oh. read the, um, More Snakes Than People. Yay! From our great friend and fan, Damon Thomas, who is a great writer, very prolific, but in a very easy to read, mm -hmm. chill way. And this was a graphic novel, mm -hmm. which was drawn, pinned. I'm not sure what the vocabulary is for. It was it. illustrated? Illustrated, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, by our newer, very recently we've been chatting with friend and fan, Nick Dunkelstein. And it's really great, guys. Like, if you ever grew up sad looking at the world mm -hmm. these are the kind of books for you and it's yeah. not that it's depressing but it's very poignant and like mm -hmm. yeah it's like a, a social commentary with with better um with more interesting stories yeah yes it's, it's really great so i did get to do that i mean he one of his books is called rural gloom yeah i mean that's 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 his thing i think he's he's taking southern gothic and he's making his own genre yeah and yeah. rural gloom is where it's at um, and nick's actually in the book group that i'm in and i posted that, like they, they were like it was in my january reads and she was like oh my god my book's on your list yes Yay. yeah absolutely so um not really a whole lot i knew there um i did want to share something and i would love to know if other people are going through it so personally like same thing work is fine like life is like whatever like what are we even doing here kind of thing mm -hmm. um but i've been noticing and really struggling with this issue where within the last year, I would say, 
Um, I really, my brain just cuts out mm -hmm. and I cannot think of the word or phrase or where I am. And that never really used to be me. Like I would have a moment where I, I might space out for a second or I might not remember a word, but this is all the time now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really been kind of depressing me because it's making me feel like, like ignorant. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's really been frustrating me. I, I stutter more. I do all these kind of things. So I've been really struggling with it. And I don't know if it's, you know, the COVID brain that they say, or the fact that I work from home now, I am not talking nearly as much as I used to, which is what I thought I needed, but now I just sound <laughs> like an idiot, but I thought I would share a story. Like, let me know if this is happening to you, but also share something that maybe you can relate to. One of my more recent examples is I was trying to explain to my husband, Jeff, about things I've noticed about myself from being a youth to now. And the phrase I was trying to come up with was that I was an only child. Mm -hmm. But my brain, as it has been doing recently, got to a point in the conversation where it was like, bye. I'm like, wait, See wait, you later. wait, wait, I'm, I'm still using you. It was like, no, bye. Mm -hmm. So it dipped out and I could not think of the phrase only child. And there was an awkward pause where I'm an idiot and I cannot think of the word. And then my brain's like, I'm back. And I came up with the second best thing. And so out of my mouth is this. Because I was a single baby. <laughs> and I know, I know it's really fucking funny. <laughs> because why did my brain think that was the next best it, thing? It, it's essentially the same thing, except your brain was like, we fixed it. Made I, it better. I got it. No got one it. will ever know. <laughs> and I know it's funny, but I'm also like, oh my fucking God, I sound so stupid and I've really been spiraling because of that and I'm like maybe that's why I noticed that like our numbers are not as high because I sound so stupid and it's really just been this thing and I know that's ridiculous because we're amazing but it's just really been affecting me because I've been cognitively noticing that I'm struggling and so then I'm like if I'm noticing how long have people been noticing mm -hmm. like wow what happened to Tammy like people who so, used to know me maybe or whatever and it's like I know we have all these excuses but it's been really disheartening. So I went real, real with you guys. I'd like to hear your take, I guess. And uh, then also, well, I would love to hear, like, if people comment, like, is this happening to you? What do we do? One, yes, COVID brain's real. I felt like a dunce. But I, it, it's I been had. so long ago. But it, So is this forever now? Was it really now? that long? Because, I mean, I had, I had COVID For last... Me, it's been months ago. I had ago. COVID in, like, October or August. Anyway, or whenever I went, or June, whatever. See, I don't know. Time is time doesn't exist. Time is fake anyway. But when I listen to our episodes, I always think, God, Tammy sounds so smart and I sound like <laughs> such an idiot. So I personally think it's the opposite. But I will tell you that I, I like my brain's been doing this thing where it you know how like um an old car it would like putter? It'd be like like that. It'd be like pa, 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 pa. that's what my brain does sometimes. It'll be cranking along and all of a sudden I'll be like like I'll just freeze and then my mouth goes like I can't manage it and people look at me and start laughing and I'm like I'm like yep it'll get out eventually and I I still 
I use this as an example a lot because it's still the word that I cannot remember, even if I was paid to remember it. Is it Worcestershire? No. (laughs) It was the best of Shire. It was the worst of Shire. (laughs) Um, But it's the word for when you do preschool, not preschool, but you do the thing before school to look around. Indoctrination? What's it called? It's I don't a part, know now. You, you said all, it's so weird. You get to the school before you start school because you kind of like... Orientation. It, that one. <laughs> indoctrination. I, I'm i like, it's indoctrination. Gotta get like, them ready. Listen, Gotta get them used to saying yes, to say ma'am, that. no, ma'am. I tried to remember that word once and recently and it was just like... It was like my brain f- flatlined. Yeah. Yeah. No, my brain's like, bye, I'm going on an it's adventure. Like, dude, dude. And then it comes dude. back and I'm like, you fucking And idiot. somebody got the paddles up there and they were like... Gajee. It's an indoctrination. What it? What is it? Orientation. Orientation. Indoctrination. I couldn't even say indoctrination. <laughs> no, I I agree with you. And you were the one who told me about how we were all stuck in our houses, how not having like regular interactions with people every day, how we used to, was kind of like knocking our brains for a loop. Like we were. Feel, I guess I feel like really our, our synapses so weren't firing or enough or something. Working from home, there are days where I do talk, but it is not like my previous job where I talked all day mm-hmm. nonstop. Mm-hmm. And and I hate because it, it was fucking exhausting. But I'm like, but wow, it, great! Now I'm a like dumb zombie. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I feel like, like a lot of people have have that have that problem, and it, it's I don't. I think feel we're like alone. no one has it but me, and I'm an idiot. You're not an idiot. You're <laughs> one of the smartest people I know. Oh, you just don't know a lot of people, but thank you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know you. Have I a lot work of with so many people, and a lot of them are fucking stupid. <laughs> Whoop! Well, we got real, real. Hopefully David, if you're listening, listen. oh my god, it's not you. Okay. No, it's not you, David. It's other people, and you know who I'm talking about. Okay. Well, we got real. <laughs> we got real emotional, and then we got real spicy. I don't understand how it happened, but the universe giving me a second chance. All right. So we got the chance to chat with a friend, a fan, and another Nick. Obviously, we were like, hey, guys, have you ever heard of this guy, Nicolas Cage? And Nick was like, hell yeah. And that's kind of how we met. (laughs) So tell me, Nick, what was your first Nick experience? The first Nick movie that you watched, that you remember, that really stuck with you? I really appreciate that. Uh, Yes, so I've been a lifelong Nicolas Cage fan. Not just because of the name, but because how can you not? I mean, right. the, this guy's gotten away with so much that it's it's practically impossible for him to even be a real person. Um, I think the first Nick Cage film that I, I recall seeing would, I, I think it was either Ghost Rider or National Treasure, but I think National Treasure came out first. I, th- I, had- I think so. I'd have to check to be sure. That's It's always hard when he has so many in the same year. Yeah, I think that was like, it had to have been like 2004 ago or something with uh, with National Treasure. I mean, um, and, you know, that was a more like Nick Cage trying to act kind of movie. So he wasn't really goofing, so to speak. Right. But like, you know, it was downhill from Ghost Rider for sure. That, that's <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I would agree. It's it, we always say, you know, it's highs and lows. They can't always be winners. And sometimes they just kind of like come out of nowhere and you're like, where did this come from? And then you settle back down to, oh, there's the crazy cage we all know and love. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he's such a big comic book fan. So like you would think that that would be his best movie, but that was just I think that was whenever he just discovered like this is the acting that I'm born for. Yeah. And when we covered uh, Ghost Rider in particular, I, you know, I said, I didn't think that Nick was necessarily bad, but the, the movie itself just had some issues that where everybody else was just kind of being like a little cheesy and, you know, but if, if there was any glue to that, it would have been Nick. But that's usually what I say about all of his movies. <laughs> yeah. You no. Know, and, and to that point, like I've taken like film classes, you know, in college electives and like, there are so many movies that are good, but just have like either the wrong cast or the wrong director for it. And like the Marvel movies of the 2000s are just a perfect example of, of those two competing things. For sure. Yeah. So you actually specifically mentioned this movie um, when we were chatting online. It's kind of like a must watch between worlds. So yes. why did you mention it? Why do you feel it is a much must watch for people? Okay. Have you seen the movie? Yes, we have. <laughs> okay, then that there's evidence enough. Like that's <clears throat> excuse me. Um that that movie, like if if you are deep in like the Cajo sphere, like the Nick Cage cinematic universe, the NCU or whatever you guys want to call I it. it. I love it. NCU. <laughs> yes, like that is easily a top three. That has to be. It it has to be. Like everything about that movie. It's exactly why we watch Nicolas Cage movies. So for people who have not seen the movie, because we're going to be adding this in, tell us a little bit about what you mean by it is like quintessential Nick Cage. So I'm just going to refrain from spoilers for, for this part of it. So um, this, this will be safe for people who haven't seen the movie. Honestly, this is a movie you should go in completely blind. Like don't research it. Don't read the Wikipedia. Don't read the movie description if you rent it. Just, just watch it and, and have, if you're old enough, a, a decent amount of alcohol at your disposal. <laughs> that, that is a good tip. We, uh, we paired it with a drink that we tried to layer because it was between worlds and it was, it just turned out terribly. We're like, mm. oh, it's kind of like this crazy movie. Everything just meshes and kind of aggregates together. <laughs> like I, I had the experience of watching it with friends and alcohol. And if you do it that way, it's just unforgettable. Like it's, you're just going to spend the whole time just saying what? Like every, every scene. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, I, I think that's also true if you're sober. Cause I watched it sober and I was just like, what the hell is happening every five minutes? <laughs> it's it, I, So it, the reason why it's quintessential is um, it, it has all the tropes you look for, like a wacky performance. It has just a completely insane premise. I mean, it's, it, the, the premise it doesn't even matter at the end of the movie because the experience is where it's at. Like, I mean, in all seriousness, the experience of this movie is top notch. Like this, you will never forget this movie. I, I do agree with that. So we had already recorded um, like our review and, and my point was kind of, I said, if you are a Nick Cage fan, you need to see this movie because it's crazy. And of course my co-host Aaron was like, or not and save yourself a little bit because it was it was just too much she's like i she's like i get it 
but I never want to see it again. <laughs> yes, like it's going to be one of those movies you're going to watch it once and you'll be like, I can watch this again and still enjoy it like it's the first time. But like, it, it, it's an easy turnoff for people because like it's so out there and it's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's offensive, don't get me wrong, but like it's just so like obscene in certain aspects that yeah. some people would just be like, I'm never seeing this again. This is just, because it's just, it's that kind of crazy. Like, um, I, I would say like, Willie's Wonderland kind of matches the insanity element, but it's more subdued compared to this movie. Yeah, I, I, and it's really ironic to to call like Willy Wonderland, you know, Willy's Wonderland, anything of a level of being subdued compared to anything. And when you put it like that, it makes more sense because one of one of the things we mentioned is you know, especially talking about how kind of obscene it is, is like the the relationships that are supposed to be going on. Oh, and it, it's a lot. You know, we talked about it in, in in the episode, and we're like, "This is this is wrong," you know, like love is love and sex is it's, sex. And that's it's fine. so wrong. It's so wrong. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it is to the point that I, I I I respect Nick, and I know he is a respectful person who's always cognizant of everyone's feelings um that he's working with. But I was just like, "Can I just real quick Google, you know, the the young girls?" actual information and and so fun fact she is not a teenager as she's referred to she's in no. like mid to late 20s i was like well that's that's better <laughs> yeah like it's full, full disclosure again if you haven't seen the movie this is going to spoil like one of the more reactionary elements of this movie and for some reason it's it's a major plot point i don't know why um <laughs> I, I mean i think just because it is it, it in real life it is extremely you know, taboo. It's not something that should be happening, but it's also seen in so many films, you know, that whole um, inappropriate, huge age gap kind of situation is something that we see all the time in movies kind of pushed onto us, but this was just done in a, a very different way. Yeah, like, I would consider this, um, like, one of the most Duval movies ever easily <laughs> like if, if there was a movie that should have been from jacksonville this has to be that movie like um i it's you know what i mean like it just has yeah. that kind of you see if you're from jacksonville uh you will understand and i mean jacksonville florida the real jacksonville not the fake jacksonville's in georgia <laughs> or alabama or arkansas <laughs> <laughs> like the, this this jacksonville there's only one duval like that that has to be it no i get it it's like we try but what we put together is not usually that great <laughs> yeah it's like it into it, it, more of like the the meat and potatoes of this thing like nicholas cage is playing this this truck driver who's from alabama okay and um i'm skipping over a lot of context because you really should watch this movie um for for some reason, even though he's a trucker from Alabama who I presume is broke, he has this insane amount of jewelry on at all times. <laughs> I, I do notice that. Real thick. That that we we kind of joke is like between worlds of reality as well, because there's so much of how Nick actually acts in his own life that's thrown into it, as well as every single character he has ever played throughout his entire career. You see a little bit of uh, of so many of those characters um all mushed together yes and and he's wearing these like rings the whole movie i'm like where are the rings from why is he wearing the rings like what what is the point of this movie like it's 
it's just so it's so bizarre it's it's just nuts and i mean nick cage looks kind of like he's greased up like he looks like a trucker like he doesn't look like he's from alabama um he looks like he's from the west side of jacksonville mostly um (laughs) you know more more toward middleburg kind of area you know like you can buy it like I mean, if Nicolas Cage was like normal Nick Cage, he'd probably be from Riverside. But I mean, this Nick Cage definitely Westside. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the this is a kind of rural metalhead of of Florida with his Gator shirt and everything. And yeah, I could totally see him with his Gator shirt on, talking <laughs> about Tim Tebow. Like I could see it <laughs> for sure. All right, if you were to rate this film. So we always do it out of five stars. So just the film, and then we also do a rating for Nick himself. But let's focus on the film. If you were to rate this film, how would you personally rate it? Um, on a cage scale, easily a nine. Easily a nine or ten. <laughs> so forget five. We're going all the way to nine or ten. So yes. What kind of cage would you call this? And I think this is pretty self-explanatory. So we do a cinematic cage. We do a crazy cage. We do comedic cage. How would you classify cage in this film? In this film, cage is, um, so, so this, this is where it gets kind of like contextual. Yeah. Cause like the context of this movie is about the spirit world. So right. it, it, immediately my mind drifts to vampires kiss because mm-hmm. I think I think that's what this movie more closely parallels in terms of like every element possible. Yes, I can see that for sure. Like it, it's it's a good double feature. Like if you watch either one of these movies in any order, it it, it works. Um, so I would I would say like, but that but he's not trying to be scary. That's the thing. Like he's just trying to be like, I'm a truck driver who's going to the spirit world, Nicolas Cage. Like it's right. um, just your normal Tuesday afternoon. Yes, yes. I mean, it's it's easily like somewhere. It, I I don't know. I, I think this would have to be like, Corky Cage. Okay, I like that. Yeah, because it's a little bit of everything. Because there are times where he is trying to be serious, even though there are very few serious moments in the film. There's more. You know, I I, I kind of like. I was like, maybe there's a new category that we say what the fuck cage, because yeah. it's, there's much going on <laughs> yeah it's like at the, at the end of the movie there's this big like emotional reveal and he decides to remedy an emotional breakdown with a jack-in-the-box so it's, <laughs> it's, it's all over the place and that was one of the things where we you know like we were really excited and we're then as we got into we're like what is happening what is the point you know oh god what's happening and then at the end, it's like, oh my gosh, like, where can all of this come from? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why is there a jack in the box? Like, there's, there's so much, like, he just, like, has an emotional breakdown, and then he sits in the corner with a jack in the box, and you're like, why? You know, you just, you just have those questions. But then, like, yeah. you know, like, the, again, like, the context of the movie's, like, he's just, I think, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, like, the, the lady has some sort of like spiritual power where she can go to the spirit world only only when she's being choked yeah when she's having like a near-death experience so it's only like that alone it's just like this is just getting out of hand like, it is. You... but there was a part of me that was like well i guess that makes sense because you have to be near death to go into death and then like no man don't don't go along with this this movie is weird. Don't, don't, don't yes. tell us okay. I know, and I'm just thinking, like, a board of people sat in a room and came up with that idea. And they were just like, yep, yep, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should totally go with that. Yep. 
totally yeah, nothing wrong with that. It's really cool. Like all the decisions that were made, like the Jack in the Box that you mentioned, of all the toys that a child could have that could bring, you know, these 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 deep emotions. It's like a freaky ass Jack in the Box that you know is going to yes. scare you because they always do, even though you know it's going to jump at you. So it, it just even that it wasn't a teddy bear, it wasn't a doll, it was a creepy Jack in the Box. Yes, it was a Jack in the Box. And then, and then Nick Cage has a diary in this movie, and then he references other movies in the diary, like if yes. whenever he's reading the diary, and it's like now you have a cinematic universe. Now everything's canon. So now I'm thinking, like, where is this canon at in the Nick Cage timeline? That is the question of the millennia, I think. <laughs> yes, because now it's just like okay, now everything's canon. Yeah, we've established there's the MCU. Now we're going to actually have to go out and chart it. And, and I think yep. maybe this is our new endeavor. I mean, we could call it the Nick Cannon, but then there already is a Nick Cannon. So that would make Nick Cannon canon. And it's just, then it starts getting like into this wormhole effect and we have to be careful. Yeah, it's uh, like the, the snowball. It's just so many things start getting collected into it, whether they want to be or not. <laughs> I know. So it's like, th that's a whole other episode. We're going to have to sit there and be like, okay, where in the timeline is this? And um, I mean, overall, like, it, just this conversation alone, it's like, if you can have this kind of conversation about a movie, then it has to be worth watching. No, I agree. Like I said, I, I think it is a movie that everyone should watch for the, you know, like, what the fuck element or, wow, I thought my life was bad, I guess not element. But specifically, if you are a Nick Cage fan, you have to see this performance and, and, and never let it leave your mind. Never. And another thing, too, like I thought was really fascinating is like in this era of Nick Cage, I think he bought like a private island. Do you remember reading about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he bought like this private island and then he filmed like all of these straight to Netflix movies. And I think this was like one of them. And there's some other ones out there. And I mean, I, I started like binging them during the pandemic. So I'm like, wow, Nick Cage on Netflix just has to be great. You know, and then you just you start watching all of them. Like some of them are like mediocre and like Nick Cage kind of being boring, not, not really any freak outs or anything. And then you right. have a movie like this, which is like a diamond in the rough. Exactly. Yeah, that was one of the things we compared. It was this whole time period through about, you know, 2014, 15 to 18, where it was really getting churned out. But this was also the same year. It doesn't mean that it was filmed at the same time because, you know, things can sit on a shelf for a while. But this was also the same year that Mandy came out. And yes. that's what some people, you know, kind of stuck to. They were like, holy hell, you have Mandy on one side. And you have Between Worlds on the other side. I think the and, other one was uh, the uh, Mom and Dad. I think that, that was the other one. Mom and Dad yeah. came out around the same time. Yeah. And, uh, uh, which, I think Color Out of Space came out shortly after uh, yeah. 2019. So it's like you have all these movies that are all over the place. It hurts It hurts your head a little bit to, to think about it all coming together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I would rate this, like, if there was, like, a mediocre kind of range, I would say, like, in my opinion, this is just me. I know some of us have strong feelings about this. I would put mom and dad more toward the middle of the extremities. Because, like, and mom and dad has, like, some off moments. It's not, like, extreme the whole way through. It's just kind of, like, you have ebbs and flows. This is just, like, dialed up to 11 from the start. No, that's a valid point. This just, just like, grabs you by the balls and just goes with it. You have no idea what's happening. Because then first you have to digest, okay, this lady has to be almost dead for this to work. And then it adds on extra context where it's like, okay, 
now the mom has somehow possessed one of the main characters i'm not revealing any information again you should go in blind but then like the the mom character possesses one of the main characters and then nick cage has this weird relationship with that character that leads to the end of the movie and then the jack-in-the-box and then you have to digest all of this somehow by the end credits and there's just no way possible it is no that's a valid point because like you said like for example with mom and dad it makes sense you know what the story is it's a crazy story it's a cool story it's a great little horror story but you're like oh i i i get it like i understand why things are happening and you know that's an interesting idea but this is like 17 ideas all put together and they shouldn't all be together but they are you just have to deal with it <laughs> yeah i mean like i i don't like with this movie easily it's a must watch like you have to see it like if you can like if you're a Nick Cage fan and you think that Vampire's Kiss is good and you enjoyed like the humor and the ridiculousness of that, then you'll most certainly enjoy uh, Between Worlds. Like th this has to be seen. I agree. And I, I think putting those two together, kind of the, the beginning of his career and not the, the end because he's still coming out with great movies, but kind of like a then and now, it's a good comparison to see. We've had a lot of great, cinematic performances but the crazy the crazy never goes away <laughs> well guys we've put it off as long as we can now we're going to jump into the 2018 nicholas cage film between worlds you can find this on several streamers for free with of course commercials like tubi freebie crackle all of those i did not want commercials because I was already a little leery about things. So I did do the prime like purchase. I think it was two ninety nine. I watched it on Tubi and I muted With commercials. the commercials. I muted the commercials. Do you know there was like three eyeglass commercials back to back at one point? Because you're trying to look between worlds, duh. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I used that time to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do for the synopsis. Okay. I, I just, I just, uh. I was in a place where I didn't need commercials, so if you have three dollars to spend, you can do it that way. Or there is a plethora of places that have it free. Free. I even interdimensional cable wasn't even helpful. Well, you know, I, it just it just wasn't going between today. That's that's all it is. Mm -mm. So, Aaron, you were lucky enough to spend this, so you get to tell us the synopsis of this film. So Take it away, Aaron. <laughs> I'd like to preface this with I'm eating my words from last week or last time when I said I wanted to see this. Uh, eating the words. Words have been ate. I shoved them right back in my gullet. You're very full now. I am so sick. Stuffed. I am sick. I'm ill. Um, and also I'd like to point out that if we get another bad one, I'm going on strike and <laughs> Lily is going to have to take over as co-host. I can't. <laughs> Can we just get a... And not that the last one wasn't good. It was just so heavy. I was can we get like a fun one? Can we get unbearable weight or something? Yeah. Can we yeah. Just get hopefully, like a light, hopefully we get a silly one. A silly one. Okay. Well, we gotta pray for that. But first we gotta get through this. We we already lit a candle to the Cajun gods. That's true. We we lit our one of our Nick scents. Our uh, convicts on a plane. Convicts on a plane. Smells like men on a plane. Who have done some time. Who've done some time. And there's no air conditioning. <laughs> All right, so the opening is kind of weird. It's like it has kind of music that reminds me sort of like of the movie What Lies Beneath. That kind of mm -hmm. like eerie, like 
ooh, what's happening? And it's like two girls are floating, which seemingly is under the ice. We think mm -hmm. they're dead. One of them wakes up, and then the movie begins. We're like, what, what, what was that for? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? So after that, after that creepy weird scene, we immediately switch to Nick. Yay! Walking in them snake scam boots. Snake scam boats. You know who that is. He's, he's like on the phone and he's he's talking to somebody uh, about how he owes a bunch of money and he's like, no, I got I got to do it. Just you know, I, you gotta, one more job. No, one more job. Um, but he's like, we can see that he's having like a hard time. It's made clear here. He's popping pills and drinking out of a flask inside of at the driver's seat of his semi. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wow, these are all terrible things that you're doing together. Yep. <laughs> it's like together at once, friend. Mm -hmm. He heads on in. So he's at a truck stop. So he heads into the truck stop. I do want to point out real hmm. quick that we need to offer a trigger warning. There's a lot of crack coming up here. Oh, no. I, 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 li I wrote crackjack. <laughs> I was, yeah, there was, it, there's, he walks like, into oh, the, boy. <laughs> he walks into the, the little mart and it's like, boom, butt crack, big old butt it's crack. There. Up there. You probably Project. don't need a trigger warning. I was trying to be silly, but <laughs> well, I mean, if you're not paying attention, you look up, you're like, "Whoa, that's a butt!" It's right there. It's right. It's so close to the camera it as is. well. It is the whole screen, y'all. Um, so he heads in butt crack, lots of it. Heads up. After making his purchases, he hears a disturbance in the bathroom, and he busts in, kicks that door in with his snakeskin boot, mm. and he finds a woman. Uh, we find out in in a bit. Her name's Julie. Played by Franca, and I looked up how to say this because I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Franca Potente. Mm -hmm. It's Lola. It's Lola. I know. I, I love Ro I Ron Lola Ron. Um, and she's being strangled. Mm -hmm. Like off the floor, legs kicking, strangled. And he pulls the man off of her and beats the shit out of him all while Julie is protesting. And he's like, huh, why don't you fight me? What? Next time, why don't you fight a wrestler? Or why don't you wrestle a gator, a man gator? It's very important to point out in this uh, scene, because this is a really weird sort of meta film, in mm. a way, where he says, we don't do that to women around here. Or, you know, yeah. We don't treat women like that. And that is like the direct line yeah. from Con Air. Next time, why don't you wrestle a man gator? That was not from Con Air. That was no. <laughs> I, wrote down, I wrote down the weird lines he says. Because he goes pretty full Nick really early oh, on in the movie. this is crazy. Cage. I feel like I got he, some feelings on it. He, I feel like he tried to fit in every weird and stereotypical Nick Cage thing that he does oh, yeah. into the first 10 minutes of this it is. movie. It is. And then he's like, cool, we'll peter it out for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Um, so afterward, Julie's kind of all over the place. She, like, walks out, and she's, like, she's, like, she's, like, this part really irritates the fucking shit out of me, is that, like, he's following her around, and he's, like, what the hell is going on? Why are you defending this dude? And she goes to climb into, I guess, her truck, and she climbs mm -hmm. out of her truck, and she gets He sort of pulls her out, but she sort of falls yeah. out because, you know, she did just get choked. Yeah, and, like... She gets a call, and she's like, oh, great. Yeah, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. And she's like, oh. Then she starts asking random questions. She's like, you got kids? And then he pulls out a picture, and she's like, oh. And he goes, oops, they're dead. <laughs> so just a heads up, everybody. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. So then somehow, and she's like, my daughter was in a horrible motorcycle accident, and she's in a coma. She's it's touch and go. She's, she's out of it, but we don't know how, how it's going to go. So he's she's like, can you take me? 
I'm like, bitch, your truck is right there, which I'm confused about how this even happened. There's no like, yeah, okay, let's go. He's just all of a sudden they're in the truck together and he's driving. It's really crazy. Um, I just, there's just so many open holes here and it really annoys me. He just me. jumps around a lot. Yeah. Um, so on the way to the hospital, she tells him that she was being choked on purpose because as a child, she had an out of body experience or a whatever near death experience. I don't know where she drowned, almost drowned in a frozen lake. Mm -hmm. Oh, the opening mm -hmm. <laughs> explained. Um, and she was able to enter the spirit world. <laughs> so they get to the hospital and did I spell hospital wrong? I did. Um, and Billy is the name of the daughter. Billy goes, starts to go into cardiac. She like wakes up, she sees Joe, Joe's neck, by the way. Um, but then like, she's like, she goes into cardiac arrest. But before that, she's really weird with Nick. She's like, who are you? But she yeah. looks at him as not someone who is confused that they just woke up out of a coma, but as someone who kind of recognizes something. And the whole scene is very weird. Very, it continues yeah. to get weird. So she goes into cardiac arrest, and Julie makes Joe choke her again in the stairwell of the hospital so she can enter the nether realm and lead Billy's spirit back to her body. So it works, but the spirit we see isn't quite right. Doesn't it, quite look like her daughter. Exactly. There's clear signs that something yeah. else happened. And in this scene, because you talked about music too, mm -hmm. the music is really weird in this scene. It's very off. Um, they're going like the scene is something. Someone is about to die. They're trying to save a soul, and the music does not match at all. And I just felt like. They were trying to go, like, it, it, it's twangy kind of stuff. And it's like they're I trying wrote, to go for this noir vibe, mm -hmm. kind of like Red Rock. <laughs> we're never going to say it right. Red Rock West or or even like Twin Peaks where, like, the music is yeah. off compared to what's happening. So I wrote the music is like generic spy mystery music. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's, but then you get random songs by people that are actually, like, there was the Put a Spell on You. Yep. Covered by Marilyn Manson. There's yeah. Leader of the Pack by the Shangri-Las. Mm -hmm. There's Black Flag. You yeah. know, like, there's actually bands in here as well. Yep. Which confused the fuck out of me. Like, I was like, oh, you're going to well, have exactly. that weird-ass music? Hot Mess Express. And the Hot Mess Express. <laughs> and then you're going to have actually good music here and there. Like, it's very confusing. Um. Yeah, so Billy comes to, and Julie's like, I did it, yeah. And... Then she starts to, like, look at Joe and say shit like, I just want to look at you. Like, it's been a really long time since, like, she's seen him. Mm -hmm. She just says, like, I don't want to be alone. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's very, all very strange. So, somehow, Joe manages to go home with Julie after all this, despite his constant talk of having to get to his next job. And even though Joe looks and feels like... A three-day-old bag of trash. Sorry, Nick. Uh, they they somehow managed to have sex, which is one of the weirdest. I think what we're supposed to assume scene. is like she was like, "Wow, this person that I just met did try to help me and drove me here and mm -hmm. is trying to be nice and like she, you know, it it's always nice when Can you, you imagine have help. what his balls smelled like though. Ugh, well, I, don't, I don't know. You'd have to ask her. Um, <laughs> but. 
I think that was the thing. And she, she invited him like, oh, well, if you're not doing anything, you know, stick around. I could use the help. And mm-hmm. obviously she's going through a lot. And she's sort of connected with this person who I guess didn't call her like a crazy bitch for saying those yeah, things. Yeah, no, he and immediately like, was like, yeah, okay. Like, well, okay, buddy. And I believe you. And, you know, it probably doesn't happen a lot sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So I can understand like saying like, hey, do you want to stick around? But yeah, it escalates real fast. Yeah. Um, so they do that and then Billy comes home and everything starts to go downhill. South. Yeah. So her demeanor is totally different. Julie comments um, on things like how she used to help around the house Mm -hmm. and how like she's gotten really like snippy, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Um, You see it too. Yeah. There's some scenes where I'm like, I don't like what I, (laughs) Jeff walked in. He's like, is she? Giving him a hand job? That's what I was about to get to. I said she starts coming on to Joe. Like a hand job under the blanket while Julie is making dinner. And I wrote in parentheses, vomit. Yeah. The part that's gross about this is that she's supposed to be a teenager. Um, I'm just going to share this name now because I feel like it needs to come out. I, the actress was not a teenager. She was no, nowhere close to no, being I, a teenager. No, I checked her age because I was um, really concerned. Yeah, I, I was like, and I don't think that Nick is she would supposed do to be at least. Like I think she's supposed to be at least 19. I feel like she's supposed to be at least 19 because she's I, got a motorcycle. I mean, I guess teen, that could be as probably young as 15 to 16, but I don't think that was supposed to be the, the age. But she was yeah. young. Still, um, it it still was. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, Nick is just sitting. Joe is just sitting there, and he's like, "I'm uncomfortable, but I'm not also. I'm not. Right, but I'm her not going to say no. So kind of. Like but a, he's like, "I'll help you in the kitchen," and she's like, "No, no, no, don't." And he's like, like "Okay, well, I guess I'll just keep getting my hand." Guess I'll just blow my load on your teenage daughter's hand. Yep. <laughs> God. Oh. Um. So she starts doing that. She's hanging around with him while he's fixing her bike. Um, and I wrote, can we talk about the gator shirt? Man, gator. I do like that I really shirt. want that gator I, shirt. I know. I'm like, that is, that's rural gloom. It's rural that gloom. Is, that is a great Florida shirt. It could shirt go with the need. tiger shirt from Mandy. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so she's, she's hanging around being very obviously like, um, so one day Julie heads into town to run some errands and to be nice to Joe and go mm-hmm. buy, go, cause his truck gets repoed. And his, like, box of, like, memorabilia of his dead wife and daughter's, like, things and mm-hmm. little portraits and whatever is in there. So she goes into town and does that for him. During that, mm-hmm. Billy is dressed to in red lingerie yeah. with Joe's, like, flannel shirt on. And she reveals that she is not Billy She's actually the spirit of his dead wife, Mary. And he's like, why are you saying this? This is crazy. Don't call me this. Don't call me majors. Yeah, he was really upset at first because she knew all these kind of inside mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really take much to convince him. No, it didn't. He was already like, like okay, well, let's do it then. <laughs> well, he already doesn't seem like a stable person to start with. So, you know, he's like, I just believe a lot of things people tell me. Well, and I mean, that would, because you do see, you don't see it, but you can assume that he really took the loss of his wife and his daughter so seriously that mm-hmm. it fucked him up. And then, like, he just sort of continues to make bad decisions with yeah. drinking and pills and all that kind of stuff. While driving a huge ass truck. It's fine. Um, so he, yeah, he, so he doesn't believe her, but she tells him things that only his wife would know and, like, lots of little things about his family, stuff like that. They very nearly have sex and almost get caught when Julie comes home 
And he's like, oh, hey, you got it. Thanks so much for going and doing that nice thing while I was fucking your daughter. Um, so she, but also, as it's about to happen in real life, we'll call it, mm -hmm. they do this weird, like, cutscene where they actually are doing it. Yeah. There's well, that's, yeah, later, they do, they do actually have sex later, and Julie does catch them. I feel like that's the same thing, but okay. No, there was, there, they, yeah, they, there's so many weird random cutscene things. There's a lot of cutscenes that, that make it, I just want to make sure we get to the book that he's reading. Oh no, I was going to end it here. Okay, well, uh, it's really <laughs> important because we talk about how this movie tries to be really meta. There's mm -hmm. like, there's, there's a part where they are getting at it, and again, this is a, a teenage daughter, or old as she could have been was 20 to his 45 to 50 will mm -hmm. say it's not appropriate like I'm it's not, not trying appropriate to be, i'm not trying to be judgmental but it's not appropriate all things considered um but this is supposed to be his wife but like when they are like about to do it there's a lot of cut scenes where it's like here's the reality but here's i guess supposed to be the between it's, world yeah and it's more of this flashback of when he was actually with his wife and mm -hmm. she was like, read to me from, you know, the Memories, memories book. book yeah. And the book says Memories by Nicolas Cage. It does say by Nicolas Cage. I was it trying to figure out what does. it said, but I was also trying not to watch. There's, yeah, oh, yeah. Because if you want to, like, you know, like, see weird sex scenes and, like, titties flopping all over the place, this is a movie for you. But, like, there's a lot of, like, what is happening. That's what I mean. There's a lot of, like you said, Nick trying to be every character... He's trying uh, to pull possible. It. Yeah, it's so and, yeah, I, and weird things like that. Like, why is that in there? So I, I, I was in. I'm leaving it at. So Julie, he's almost caught. Julie comes home, gives him his box of memorabilia, and he has like a little heart heart moment, and that's it. Like uh, Julie does start to suspect something weirds going on, um, but what 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 happens? What happens, y'all? Does Julie discover the two of them, which we've already said she does eventually? Does and I said, does Joe come clean? Do they hire an old priest and a young priest to exercise <laughs> the spirit out of Billy? I love it. <laughs> Who? What will happen? Actually, honestly, the ending I was, I was not expecting it. Okay. I I do feel like when we can talk more about this, mm -hmm. I was like, it's it is a hot mess express, but it I is. do think it's a film people should see. If you like Nicolas Cage. Oh, and I saw your face and you're like, well, we'll talk about You saw about the that. light die in my eyes? Yes, your soul just <laughs> left your body. I missed you. When you go to the other side, are there other people there? Now it's time for a plate of Nick Nugs. So spicy. <gasps> Talking about some of the Nick Nugs. Um, as we said, the scene where he stops the choking, he says, we don't hurt women. Mm -hmm. That was from Con Air, like nearly word for word. And there's so much of Nick and all these, like the snake skin boots. Are, he does like, the hands, all the rings. There's crazy hands. There's crazy eyes. There's crazy laughs. There's crazy everything. This is a thousand percent crazy cage, but like the boots are like sailor from, um, mm -hmm. Uh, my brain just left. Wild at heart. Wild at heart. Yes. You did it. Um, you know, you see all of these different things. The fucking accent that kind of goes in and out. It's real weird. It's Con Air. It's a little bit of Grand Isle. Like, it's all over the place sort of thing. So, it's it's a lot of little 
bits of his characters kind of all over the place. But I think he brought a lot to it. I think he was straight up like, I'm going to wear my rings in this one. Okay? Oh, I, he, he went full crazy cage. Um, the second one, this is the fourth time he's played a Joe. I was going to say, he's played Joe a lot, just he, like he's played a lot of Johns. He's played a lot of Johns, Johns and Joes. Joes. Obviously, in the 2013 movie Joe, Joe. which is fucking <laughs> phenomenal. Maybe we'll get that next. I hope so. It's so Can um, somebody just... Somebody help us. Um, also, in the 2008 Bangkok Dangerous, which I have not watched. I saw the no. ad on the cover and I was like, no thanks. No. But I, I know that some people love it. So, you know, maybe we'll get it. We and did then, get it for your birthday. Yeah, we uh, had we, we had Jason. someone dress up as Bangkok Dangerous. So, we had, we, we, we've had it in our life, but we haven't seen the film. And then 2002. <laughs> we've been Bangkok Dangerous, dangerous adjacent. Yes. <laughs> um, and then in the 2002, Wind Talkers, which is a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely kind of like I different. I don't remember if I've seen that one. Hmm. Well, maybe. You'll, you'll find out. Um, so the third one, remember when I said I thought the music was really weird? And weird not in like, this is interesting. It's, it's, it's like music-y. Weird and sort of an off sort of way mm-hmm. and i said it gave me this noir vibe and mm-hmm. one of the films i mentioned was twin uh twin well the whole goddamn series it's shows and yeah <laughs> show like two twin. sets of shows i think two or three movies like a documentary mm-hmm. the whole twin peaks saga no, well that's because angelo Bellamente, who among other things is known for Twin Peaks. Oh. He's like the guy who works with David Lynch I wonder, cause all like, the time. The opening music, straight up, I was like, why does this remind me of What Lies Beneath? He's also because done that kind of music is yeah. like that kind of like. Yeah, like what's happening? So he's done Twin Peaks, which took up most of his career because it's yeah. been going on forever. <laughs> 900 <just> years. <laughs> um, Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. basically all of David Lynch's films he had some part of and I was like well that makes sense now that the music feels and I also felt the whole time this feels like someone trying to do mm-hmm. Twin Peaks David Lynch mm-hmm. um, sort of thing um, the like we said the the book unfortunately Memories by Nicolas Cage is not a real book so well that's rude I know um, in that scene Mary asked Nick, John, Joe, mm-hmm. whatever Joe. Nick his name is, mm-hmm. to read, like, basically poetry to her while mm-hmm. they're fucking. Do you have it? Oh, I don't. Oh, my goodness. No. I, <laughs> I, I was pulling something up, but I tried to put that. subtitles on on Tubi. Tubi does not like subtitles. Because <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he saying? Um, but he was, he was reading it, but unfortunately, it is not uh, something that we will find. But it was interesting that they definitely put it in. It was, like I said, they were trying to be kind of meta about mm-hmm. it, like in Army of One, where at the end, yeah. he does that ad-lib, like, I'm trying to have Nicholas Cage. But that worked well. Yeah. Like, that just sort of flowed. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything in this was forced. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have one more, an interview with Nick, talking specifically about this role. As we said, this film came out in 2018, which of course means it could have been filmed a year or two, it could have been five years and put it on a shelf. We don't exactly mm-hmm. know. But it came out in 2018, and that was a good year 
for Nick. Was that when Mandy came out? That is when Mandy came out. And Mandy. so all the buzz was about Mandy. And as you know, we love it so much. We talked for over two hours about it because we just could not shut the fuck up about it. Look, I love Mandy. I'm sorry so to the good. listeners who listened to that entire episode. Yeah. I love you all. Thank you for making it through our just gibberish all the time. So uh, that that was sort of like the Cajuning when they're like, he's back. Yeah. And he never really went anywhere, but he's back. And so that is a crazy cage mm -hmm. this is a different crazy crazy cage and a, a lot of people picked up on this and so you had some kind of film reviewers talk about yes we were getting into this phase of mandy but did you know about between worlds between worlds Seriously. and it was it was kind of like this little offshoot this little niche if you will so there's a great um, article with Collider where they got to do like kind of a, a email interview with him mm -hmm. where he talked about everything that was kind of coming up in 2018. They talked about some of the big stuff. He talked obviously about um, Mandy as well. Mm -hmm. But there's some great stuff about Between Worlds and I thought I would share two of them. It's just with so you. wild to me and about Nick. He he just in the same year that this came out, my favorite Nick movie ever also came out. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, it, it boggles my mind. Well, we'll talk about that when, yeah. we, when we get to the thoughts, <laughs> thoughts and stuff and, thoughts and, and why, stuff. why it boggles your mind. Yeah. So in that uh, article by Vinny Mancuso, mm. he, he specifically said, you know, Between Worlds kind of was this different version of yourself it includes um some scenes where you're having sex while reading a book titled quote memories by nicholas cage <laughs> what can you tell me about filming that was the title of the book in the script or is that something that was decided after you came on board here's what nick had to say i thought it was extremely funny and anytime you can break the fourth wall pushing the envelope in terms of traditional or narrative in an experiment worthiest is an experiment worthy of trying i have never done anything like that to read a book by the actor who is playing the character. <laughs> so he was just really excited. He's like, I'm going to go all... Whole hog. Whole... <laughs> he's going to go full man-gator. He, he's going to go full man-gator. Um, and so he kind of talks... It's a great article in Will Share. He talks more about like what kinds of things would be in the book if it was a real book. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of goes into it. But just like I said, unfortunately, it is not a real book. But he thoroughly enjoyed... <sighs> going full Nick into this. And so one of the things that they also talked about was how much he really appreciated the director and how excited he was to actually work with this particular director and what this director was trying to do. The director is one that maybe you guys have heard of. It's not one that I think I or you have heard of because mm -hmm. she does uh, usually foreign film. It's Marie Polera. She's known for Falsely Accused, which apparently is a really big kind of like sleeper film mm -hmm. and something called El Matador. So when Nick was asked, like, why did you do this? What was your, you know, motivation for this? And they kind of referenced different things he done, he had done, um, mm -hmm. you know, like for this particular character compared to other characters. And he said, quote, in this particular case, I would have not said specifically there was anything in particular other than I wanted full inspiration to be working with this director. She's unlike anyone I've ever met before. She is truly a unique and gifted personality who seemed to have a very clear vision 
of an almost raunchy yet heartfelt <laughs> and comical approach to the way she wanted to use me and whatever my abilities were in the movie. So I would have to give her all of the credit for whatever influences were channeled. Hmm. So I think that it's always really impressive that Nick points to everyone else yeah. as to this happened because of oh, yeah. direction even whenever, or co-stars yeah. or, or, or whatever else. Like, even whenever he's done an amazing performance, he's like, well, I got inspiration from other people. Right, and it was, you know, it always other movies. A, a film or a book or a mm-hmm. character and, and that kind of stuff. So you, you see this. It was never like, like, I got inspiration from my beautiful albinos cobra or whatever the <laughs> hell he's got. I, I looked into myself in the mirror for, you know, 24 hours. <laughs> like Leslie Nope getting pumped up while listening to Sarah McLaughlin. That's yeah. Nick, though. Yeah, that's, that's, he's that's like... not him. He's He just like it or love it or hate it. He just wants to work and he just wants to experiment and he just and wants to go out there. And that's why he always, 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 like anytime he ever works with a director that does not let him be creative or have mm-hmm. some sort of input in anything and they're just like, no, you're just here to act. He's like, no, I'm not. You're I'm not good. the boss of me. He's like, I'm I'm not. And then and there's fights on He'll the say, yeah, and then he'll say things like, well, the director and I uh, were creatively different. And he's, like, really polite about how he's... He's really polite. He's I polite like, about I like, saying that he was he like hated the director. I like 80s and 90s, Nick, where you get to read about how, like, he, like, kicked a chair over kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, Nick, don't let them hold you back. <laughs> now he's just, like... Now now he's wise <laughs> and he's more thoughtful well, with Well, then also everybody knows what they're getting into whenever they, they hire Nick. Mm-hmm. Or not hired, but, you know, when he gets the role. Yeah. They know that they're getting an extremely... Versatile. Yeah, exactly. He's versatile. He he wants to work with the screenwriters. He wants to work with the, with this, um you know, with the, like, what do they call him? Like, the blocking coach or whatever. He wants to work with the, you know, choreographers if he's doing fight scenes. Mm-hmm. He wants to have inputs about stuff with the director and he wants he's to be very involved he wants yeah. to read the book if it was based on a book he wants to know the truth if it was based on a true um yeah. you know story kind of he thing. goes out personally and he's interviews in. people yeah like he's he, all in yeah which is i mean like as an actor that's what that's what you want i feel like that's what you want but i think i i definitely understand that i think there's two kinds of bosses and this would be true in any sort of um role Either you appreciate people who have ideas and are creative and maybe challenge you in the system because mm-hmm. it could be great, or you just want somebody to do whatever the fuck you said. Mm-hmm. And I think more often than not, it's the latter. Mm-hmm. And Nick is not someone who wants to fall victim to that. And like I said, like it, love it, hate this movie, or any of the other ones, you have to at least appreciate that. I always appreciate Nick, even whenever he's letting me down hard. <laughs> <laughs> This this movie is a lot of things. Nick is a lot of things. I think it's fair to say. It, really, Nick's character, Joe, is just this amalgamate of every character that he's done. Like, from the character's actions to the character's, you know, aesthetic. He's, like, <laughs> it's like the creature from Color Out of Space all grossly intertwined and fused together. It's like all of the Nicks, like all bubbled up together. I'm going to need um, any artist friend of ours to please draw. Like it, you hear Cameron Poe's accent, you see Sailor's style, like literally it's crazy hands, it's crazy eyes, it's crazy words. It is cuckoo crazy. Like it's not just crazy, it's cuckoo bananas crazy. It's cuckoo magoo goo. Dare I say, 
You've said a lot of things that you say, dare I say, and, and I feel like we're going to disagree with whatever oh, you say next. I think Because you always say, dare I, I say, it because before I, know, I disagree I, I know with there you. might be a fight. <laughs> dare I say, this is maybe the craziest cage. I'm not saying the best cage. No, yeah. I'm not saying the best craziest cage. Because like in No, Mandy, yeah, you're right. Because this is fucking this off is like, the walls. Yeah, it's like in Mandy, it's crazy cage, but it's this deeply emotional, like guttural crazy. In Vampire's Kiss, it's like psychotic crazy. But in between worlds, it's just like, what the fuck is happening It's like crazy. somebody threw a bunch of puzzle pieces on the ground and they somehow formed a puzzle that doesn't match. But it can... But it still move and talk. But it can move and talk, <laughs> and became a Nick. So, so, so that's that's my thoughts, guys. <laughs> like, it's an interesting idea of you know being able to travel between the worlds, and and I get you know where they were going. I was a little frustrated because I was like, oh, we're being like very stereotypical with having the only other person who can understand this is like the Haitian lady. Like, I'm glad they included somebody, but I'm also like, you guys made her story so short, and it yeah. was like so like. Just I like that she was straight up hot boxing on lunch. I know, right? Like. <laughs> But, like, it's an interesting idea. Um, Nick is, like I said, I feel like this is a crazy. I feel like if you're a Nick Cage fan, you do need to see this so you can be like, wow, wow, what is happening? With the extra, uh, at the end of the uh, wow. Wow, wow. It, it's, like, it's like a twister of Nick just everywhere. No, it's true. Like, every scene he's in. So there's a gif um, that I've seen of the, when... Billy's hosing him down with the bite oh with, the, God, with the water. Scene. And I've seen a gif of that, and I was like, what is this from? I feel like I should have seen this by now. And, and then now I'm watching that. the movie, and I'm like, eh, there it is. Yeah. Um, there was another time Jeff walked in, and he's like, the fuck is happening? Just Nick, nicking it up, man. <laughs> um, my, I, I, I truly don't want to watch this movie ever again. Okay. Um, I thought all of the actors were quite What's the word? Stiff, wooden, kind of, and including, and honestly, Nick is crazy, but I feel like it didn't, it didn't, a lot of his acting didn't quite match up with what was going on, which is probably why it's the craziest one. And I, I just, delivery of lines was so weird. I truly and, think that they were trying to emulate the more I watched this and the more I was like thinking about the music and I was like, mm -hmm. this is like kind of like more and more like Twin Peaks because it's centers around like this youthful girl mm -hmm. and the music is off and it's trying to be funny and trying to be funny in places where it's not funny and it's think, weird. I think but, I only laughed at Nick being weird because he, there was, oops, they're dead. I I think I think, I, I think they were going for something like that, and and I think it's one of those things. Like, could could I have done anything better? Could we have done anything? Better? No, absolutely not. No, um, but I I think it's like there's only certain people that can pull those things out. Like David Lynch can make really fucked up movies mm -hmm. that are like out of sync and are yeah. off, and somehow it works. Like there's only one David Lynch. There's only one uh, David Bowie. There's only one uh, Salvador Dali. Other people can try to be like them, and it just does not quite work. Yeah. You know? Like, I get it. They're, they're amazing people to try no, to be yeah. like. No, but I, I feel that that's I just the vibe that I got was this, like, we're trying to be like David Lynch Noir kind of situation, mm -hmm. and it just 
and didn't the, come together. The movie has a good premise. I just it just wasn't pulled off correctly or yeah. it wasn't it wasn't polished. And I, think, I guess is the right is what I would say. It's not it's it's like they had the idea and they kind of stopped almost two thirds of the way through. Well and I think, you know, like one of the things we say is that it jumps around a lot and a lot of those films do, mm-hmm. but somehow it just and like I said, I can't pinpoint it, but somehow they, the other films work a little bit better and mm-hmm. this just feels choppier. Yeah. Like clunky. Yeah. Um, and again, if yeah. I was going to try to like be like any director, it probably wouldn't be David Lynch because we're like, I no, mean, that's too fucking hard. No, I can't do that. No, yeah. I'm going to um, be like James Cameron and just, just like have blue people running around. I was really excited about seeing Franca in the, mm-hmm. I loved her in Run Lola Run mm-hmm. and I loved her in the Bourne movie. Yeah, she was great in the Bourne. She great in the yeah. Bourne movies and I've seen her in a bunch she's, of other she stuff. She does so many she's things. She's really yeah. amazing. And actually watching this movie, I was like, I want to go watch Run Lola Run after yeah. this because... It's just so fucking good. Yeah. Um. But, like, then when I get into it, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, everybody's just filling a role at yeah. the end of the day. It's like, here's your... They were like, you showed up for work today. Here's your stereotypical character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I mean, that could just be, like, how it was written out or drawn out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like these are people that are going to do the best that they can with what they have. Um. Again, could I do better? No. But also, just didn't... Uh- just didn't quite hit the mark for me. Same. Without your help, my daughter would be gone now. Try and get some rest. We always like to start our ratings with the pinnacle of ratingness. <laughs> Roger Ebert. Old EB. R.I.P. Old EB. Who um, was very much deceased by the time this movie came out. He was, but... His his website lives on. It, it does. He has uh, writers who still continue in his name and his glory. Um, and this was, surprisingly, one that they did cover. Because we've had several yeah. that they did not. Um, I believe. I wonder this, if it's because that's when he started to like gain a little bit more... Um, the so Cajuning or whatever the, you call this, it. This did have a theatrical, a, a small theatrical release, which might have helped. It was at the same time mm-hmm. as Mandy, so the Cajuning was happening. So we did um, get a little rating for that um remember that they do it out of four yeah we four do stars. ours out of five so i feel like four is such a strange number to do but i mean whatever roger like mm-hmm. i'm calling by his first name now we're on first name basis He's like hello <laughs> i can i guess yes i would love for you to guess i think they're gonna give it one one star you would be wrong <gasps> Did they give it half of a star? <laughs> it was half of a star. <laughs> 0.5 of a star. And it was kind of the same thing. Like, said. what's happening? You know, things don't connect. They're like, this is this is a crazy cage. Like, this yeah. is... This, this, I, I feel like Nick is the best part of this because it's just bonkers. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, But, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a point... Five. I've never seen such a score on their site. I've never seen such a score. Such a score. Interestingly enough, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh-huh. this is not Nick's lowest. No, it's not. It's not. Isn't the Grand Isle? Like Grand one of their Isle zeros? is one. There's there's a couple of zeros on there now. Mm-hmm. Um this had like a thirty-two percent huh. on um uh-huh. Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. And I I was I was a little surprised. So that's like three out of ten stars. 
I'm, it's more than 0.5, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I did, I did glance through the Wikipedia article just to prepare myself for what about, what I was about to do. It was very clear whoever wrote the Wikipedia article did not like the movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're like, this is They dumb. were, they, they were very clear that they were <laughs> mad about it. Yeah. Um, so what is your rating? Or am I rating? You first? go. Okay. You go. I've been talking a lot. You go. <laughs> I had to talk. Um, so movie, I'm giving it a one. Okay. So basically the same as old Evie. Yeah. Um, obviously I've made my feelings quite clear about why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for Nick, uh, obviously Crazy Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving him a 1.5. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't stand it. I not that I couldn't stand Nick. I just couldn't stand this, as you put it, this creature, <laughs> this Nick Cage character creature. And there were parts that I was like, "Ha!" Huh. And then there were parts that I was like, Ugh. "Most of the movie, I was very uncomfortable." Kind of cringy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm giving it the one point five. That's that's two low ratings for Nick back to back for me. And I apologize to Nicholas. Um, He's never gonna come on now. Yeah, Nick, if you if you're listening, if you ever hear us, please you can come to my house and give me acting lessons. I would love it. And teach you some respect. Exactly. Come be we don't treat come, women tra- like that. Come train me, and then I will become your protege and write. And uh, will understand. And I will understand the process better. <laughs> All right. All right, I did want to share one of the. You're gonna um, leave me in suspense. I I am, but I wanted to share this because it connects really well. Okay. Um, so it's from Rotten Tomatoes, but it's actually Simon Abrams who writes for RogerEbert.com, and his quote was, "If you saw Mandy and wished more Nicolas Cage movies were dark, weird, and personal, watch Between Worlds, <laughs> and be careful what you wish for." <laughs> And I, I, I really, really did like that. Um, so I, I love it. Also gave the movie. I, I thought about going a little higher because I wanted to be higher, but then at the end of the day, it just didn't work for me. So I gave it a one point five. I almost that gave was it my a two. original rating. I, I gave 1. it a one point five. I, I want to like this because it's an interesting concept. Um, it could have been like scarier, creepier because of this, you know, between world situation, but it just was handled weirdly. Yes. Um, so, so 1.5 out of five, um, you know, I, I do think everyone who likes Nick should watch it just so you can see, like, here's a version of Nick. Here's, here's many versions that you didn't know existed, but for (laughs) Nick, I gave him a two out of five. Ah, because I know he specifically chose to go all in and do every version of himself because I, I do feel that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it this kind of, like, I feel like they were trying to do, they were trying to capture unbearable weight, what they captured correctly mm-hmm. in going like with energy, this meta, kind of, yeah. crazy Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage movie. That's what they were going for in sort of this dark way. And I can appreciate going out on a limb. Mm-hmm. It just didn't quite work. Yeah, so it's definitely uh, Crazy Cage, as we said. I feel like possibly the craziest ever. Not necessarily the best crazy, just but I think this is the craziest. Like, I feel like when we watched um, Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, Lord. 
was gonna say, which was so crazy and funny. I like, I like hated it. <laughs> but unfortunately, Nick is only in it for ten minutes. But yeah. he he's kind of crazy in that. Like he's talking about how he's hungry and he likes pickles, and he's like he's crazy like me, you know. And and it's just weird. <laughs> Although I feel like that is a little bit more nuanced than what we saw in this. Um, I I just I love Nick, and this was a hot mess express. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mind watching it. Do I want to see it again? No. I'm good. We I get it. it. I, I and here's the thing. I feel like if somebody's like, guys, you didn't get the film. No, I got it. Like I feel like I say that a lot. I think I know what they were going for. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel that they got it. And sometimes you yeah, just no, don't. That's, that's like, what I was saying. It's like they almost came around completely to what what it should have been. It's like they got two thirds of the way there, and it just were like they were like, this is it. They didn't complete the the cycle. They should have like couple more steps guys couple more steps you guys could have made it to that finish line and come to and full climax when it comes to like some of these reviews or some of these ratings i give some of these are not done and settled in my head until we are talking about it because sometimes discussing the movie deeper discussing the movie more i'll give it less or more depending Mm -hmm. like today actually i was going to give it a 1.5 on the movie as well and i went down (laughs) like no fuck this and the fact i had to relive this 48 hours after watching it, I was like, nope, we're good. <laughs> and now we've come to the end of our episode and our most anticipated and least anticipated Woo-hoo. part of the show and of our lives every time. Yes. <laughs> so it's Tammy's turn to do, or next episode's Tammy's turn to do synopsis. So I get to push the button and everybody, let's hope, cross our cross all your tootsies. Fingers, toes, tails, whatever you have. Tongue, feet, whatever. Whatever. All right. I almost hit the wrong button. Where's the spin button? Spin in the middle. Okay. Here we go. Oh, I feel like it's been a long time. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Dying in the light. What is that? Have you seen it? No, I just feel like it's the same shit, different day. Hold on. Let's make sure we can watch it first. Dying in... The light. 2014. We can... Ooh. He's a cop again, I think. Okay. Um, watch. How, what can... Why? Watch. Okay, so we can watch it on Tubi! Redbox, Crackle, Amazon Prime. It's free on Amazon Prime! Yay! Yay! All no right! Commercials. So we are doing Dying, dying of the, the Light. Dying in the Light. In the Light. Sorry. Lights are dying. <laughs> I would be dying Perhaps of the light. Perhaps our souls are too. <laughs> I'm dying of the light because I love the darkness. You do. And the I'm time the change light. is coming. I, I am day man. You are night man. <laughs> We've made it to the end of yet another film journey with Nick and Out of the Cauldron. Remember to like us and rate us wherever you listen to the show. And like and follow us on social media such as Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at The Internal Cauldron. You can also shoot us an email at internalcauldron at gmail.com. We're always interested in drink recipes, potential guests, and your ideas. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all for joining us on this Nick experience. And as always, in in Nick Nick we we trust. Please enjoy these fun moments of us preparing for our super professional, 100% authentically researched podcast. Just doing a little sound check with me. The dogs are on the bed and they're cute. Ba da da.
goodness. They're both in here. I started the sound check. Great. Fuck. Everything's awesome. Yeah, I have to close this because if you look out and you see a goddamn leaf, you're like, burr, 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 burr. it's a leaf. Burr, 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 burr. It's a murder leaf. The leaf's gonna invade our property. It's a murder leaf. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, they're everywhere. The leafing. Oh my god, they're gonna get us, mommy. He's like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm out. You're gonna make fun of me. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. go do a perimeter check. No. I love you, dummy. <laughs> His tail, though. He's like, no, but yes. He's like, fight me. I love you. <laughs> so many, so many teeth. I know. Look at all those teeth. Oh man, I'm so glad you're actually nice because those would hurt. <laughs> you're trying to. <laughs> 